Fantasy Football Card Quest, the podcast, episode number two. He's Andy, I'm Carter, and look, this is the prime time selling season. The hype, Andy, is starting to get up. We're going to talk about the Mac Jones thing and what you should do with the rookie quarterback class of five, Andy. Five potential franchise star quarterbacks. And here's a funny thing, Andy, is none of them, and I mean none of them, have had a bad preseason. Okay, Now, none of them have just been immaculate. But not only those five, Kellen Mond is also very interesting in Minnesota. So, and we're going to get into all that today. But right now, we want everyone to focus on what they could potentially sell because, Andy, the hype right now is at an all time high. Very true, man. Very true. Hype is at an all time high. We saw last year at this time. Football cards were flying off the shelf left and right. Guys, you know, going in the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, even sixth rounds of your fantasy drafts, even guys going in the ninth and tenth rounds of your fantasy draft last year considered sleepers. We're talking wide receivers, uh, third and fourth string wide receivers were picking up value in their in their rookie cards and they were selling really well up into the the first game of the regular season, the first Thursday night game. <sighs> So this is where it gets really fascinating. So it obviously depends on when you're listening to this. I want to hammer home a point so much that I put on a Jacksonville Jaguars uniform today, Andy. A Jacksonville Jaguars uniform. So if you're watching this on YouTube, you see that I have my lone Jaguars uniform, my Leonard Fournette uniform, which, by the way, you have my Leonard Fournette RPA PSA 10 sitting uh, in your household right now. But the reason why I, I'm wearing this uniform is to hammer home the point, the difference between a professional uniform and a college uniform card. Now, we talked about this in episode one, and a lot of you might already know this, but this is why it's important to actually show you this because I'm actually wearing a Leonard Fournette LSU shirt underneath it. Now, me as an LSU fan, I like the LSU uniform card from Leonard Fournette, and you could be a, a Clemson fan and a Trevor Lawrence fan, but understand that the pro uniform cards have more value, and there are a few that are released right now, but we've yet to hit Donruss. We've yet to hear hit Mosaic, and of course, the, the big daddy of them all, Prism, uh, coming here in a few months. So this is why, Andy, we both agree that the time to sell your college uniform cards are now, now, right now. Uh, yeah, I don't know about you, but around here, we call him Lombardi Lenny. Lombardi. <laughs> but that's that's the thing. You, you've, got, you've got to get rid of them. So if you're holding your Justin Fields, Ohio State, prism cracked ice card right now or this is just a good rule of thumb for the upcoming years college uniform cards and now once again i wish it was the opposite and andy you you kind of feel the same way even though you're mostly an nfl guy but i i'm doing a bunch of 99 cent auctions in fact i pulled a trevor lawrence optic uh low card and a few weeks ago andy the auction ended at $80, $80. Wow. 
And I held on to it. I finally sold it. And I want you just to give it a guess what the final number was on my Trevor Lawrence Optic Clemson rookie card. This was an Optic Hollow? Optic Hollow, Optic Silver. Give it a guess. Optic Silver Prison. I'm going to, man, I'm going to go close to $100. So you see, this is a thing. You would think that the price actually would go up, right? But no, it went down. If I would have sold it a few weeks ago, of course, I would have gotten 80. I got 45. 45, 45. So it's already starting to go down. It's already going down. And part of that is just due to more college cards, of course, being ripped. Uh, that's a contender's product. But uh, this is also very key. Uh, his college uniform card went down, even though the hype went up. So overall, Andy, with your price analysis, and you look at this stuff every day, I look at it as well. Do you think overall that prices are going back up across the NFL right now? Across the NFL, yes. I've, I've seen prices going up on veteran players. I'll, I'll give you a prime example. Um, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. I sold a, a PSA 8.5 for triple what I paid for it three, four months ago. Really? Um, over the weekend. And a PSA 8.5 is basically comparable to a raw card, you know? Yeah. And so I, I, was, I was impressed for that. Guess how much uh, would you take a guess at how much that sold for? It was a buy it now. Ooh, you got to buy it now as well. That's very yeah. interesting. I'm guessing the 8.5 PSA uh, rookie, I, I would guess probably 120, maybe? 120. Well, not 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 quite as much. It was around $65. Okay. But what I, I only paid $20 for that card a few months ago. And that's why you're the Fantasy Football Card Quest, man. That And it's wild, though, because uh, you, you don't think of it that way. So for those that don't know... That was Andy getting a Sam Darnold rookie card. So he's mm-hmm. going to be in his Carolina or excuse me, in his New York Jets uniform. Yeah, face prism. Not even his Carolina Panthers uniform, but because it was a rookie card, the price, of course, went up closer to the season. So do the same thing here with Trevor Lawrence. Okay. And this was Trevor Lawrence, who has 10 times more hype that Sam Darnold has ever had in his career. And you see that his college uniform card, you would think as the hype went up, the price went up, Andy, but the opposite is happening. And that's why (laughs) I still believe, even if you think Trevor Lawrence is going to turn out to be great or any of the other four rookies, or if you think Jamar Chase is the next Jerry Rice, once again, I would prefer Jamar Chase card in an LSU uniform, but that's not what the public is going to feel like. So we, we do want people to understand that your college uniform cards, sell them now. Put it eBay 99 cents or you know try and sell them on Twitter, Instagram, see what you can get. And then that money can go towards pro uniform cards. So um, we want that to, to, to be the emphasis. And obviously, you know the, the quicker you do it, the better. I wish I would have done what, what I knew I should have done weeks ago. Uh, as far as that is concerned. But uh, because we talked about it so much in the last episode, Andy, I want to talk about uh, the the quarterback that I think a lot of people are buying right now, and that's obviously Justin Herbert. Um, you know, it, it's it's interesting because a few videos about a you know, price analysis with Justin Herbert, 
uh, Chris, the baseball card investor, did a price analysis of Justin Herbert versus Brett Favre. And then he just listed off every single parallel of Justin Herbert rookie cards that are out there. And I believe there was anywhere from 25 to 40 different rookie parallels, whereas Brett Favre, pop counts are way lower and there's not as many you know rookie parallel cards. It's very interesting, Andy, because that seems to be the sexy thing now to compare uh, the, the hot shot star versus the legend. Where do you stand on that and how people should look into selling and or holding and investing uh, big time quarterbacks for the long term? Uh, that's a very interesting comparison because I bet that if you were to compare Justin Herbert's base prism rookie card uh, to Brett Favre's base upper deck rookie card at the time that um, a Brett Favre may have a higher probably probably most likely has a higher print run because that was in the prime of the, the junk wax overprinting era. But Brett Favre does not have all the parallels. And I bet you those uh, 35, 40 parallels were just from one set, one Panini product of Justin Herbert. Because if you were to go to like uh, COMC.com and, and type in Justin Herbert and just filter out his rookie cards, he has approximately 250 different rookie cards, you know? So the, the, the amount of different choices for one player today is absolutely incredible compared to uh, the 90s, early 90s, and then even going back, they only had ever one and, and sometimes two different photo variations, you know? So it's, that's a really tough comparison to draw. Yeah, and that's where... This is very important for new card collectors. And I learned this the hard way for those that are just now jumping back in the hobby and for the more experienced collectors, understand year by year differences and print runs and variations. It is not equal. Okay. Basically, I don't know if you agree with this or not, Andy, but the, the older the year, the more, rare and lower print run of key rookie cards and not necessarily print run, but PSA 10 pop counts, right? Would you agree with that? That, uh, you know, obviously 2014, 2015, 2016, as the years go up, the, the, the print run also goes up as not print run, but the PSA 10 pop count goes up. Is that, is that right? That is true. That is true because, um, as as uh, man- card manufacturing technology has progressed over the years, they're, they're, they're actually, if you look at the data from PSA uh, of the rate at which cards get nines and tens, the percentage gets higher and higher as you get closer to 2021 here. Wow. Um, and I had a good friend, uh, David Hunter, in our community that actually extracted the data from PSA looking at grades of five to tens because nobody's really investing in lower than a five unless you're going back to like 40s 50s maybe before that even where where cards were very rare so he looked at all the fives to tens going back to 1988 to now and the rate at which raw cards got a nine or a ten got a little bit higher a little bit higher to where um starting around 2012 to 2014 the rate was about 90 percent for raw cards to get at least a nine nine or a ten from PSA. God, and you sent me that data, and I honestly was floored. And you also got to factor this in as well. 
that with the changes in submission times and and we're going to dive deeper into slabs and grading in just a second but it is interesting that the general consensus is that PSA is going to start grading tougher okay mm-hmm. i was listening to uh, slab talk recently and they had cajun cardboard on there one of my favorite basketball card collectors out there and even he i mean he he is a sharp when it comes to psa grading uh he said in that podcast that getting tens is just more difficult now so you could see a change in gym rates upcoming as well because you know you see some ridiculous things on twitter where people resubmit cards and they all come back tens uh, there was an example of someone who resubmitted 10 different Zion cards and all 10 of them came back as 10s. So the grading processes upcoming are also going to change. Now, once again, yeah. if you are new, uh, there's obviously a big difference in raw cards and graded cards. But ultimately, you know, I, Andy, I know you focus mostly on raw, but now you're starting to get more into grading and grading analysis. It is so fascinating looking at pop counts. Um, And this would be my next question for you, Andy. Obviously, most of the cards behind you are are graded, but what people don't see is most of the cards that you have stashed away are not. So Mm -hmm. what, what, what is your logic behind grading right now? Obviously we're waiting to see what PSA is exactly going to do. Are they going to lower their prices again? Um, What about Beckett? What about CSG? What about, look at all that baby ready for another sub. Um, What, what, what are your thoughts on that right now? Because some people are deciding whether or not, should I just sell these cards now and, and flip them on eBay or should I uh, wait to see what I could do as far as grading is concerned? Well, I, I, I like buying raw football cards because of the, at least the rate at which raw cards get a nine, right? And uh, we know that 10 is, is going to ultimately increase the value the most. You're probably going to 5x the value of that raw card on average from what I've, what I've seen. Um, but there, there's a lot of value in, in raw cards because a nine is still going to two, maybe three X the value of that card, depending on the scarcity of the card and the, the current, you know, career status of the player. Um, so I always have to take all the, the conditions of the card into consideration. When I buy the car, raw card from eBay, I'm going to get the lighting right, you know, hold it so that it's good light, but there's not a reflection on the card. And I'm looking at the corners, making sure they're sharp. I'm looking to make sure the color is constant all the way to the edge and there's no fraying or uh, color distortion at the edge, making sure those edges are sharp. And then I'm looking at the surface. That's a big one. That's the big difference between nines and tens is the surface because there, there's so many little tiny uh, dimples that are, that are created now, especially uh, Panini is notorious for this, like in the select product of all these, or, or mosaic too, of having these little dimples that you can see when you look up really close, either if you scan your card in or if you just look at it really close at an angle and, and let the light kind of shine off of it and you can see little tiny surface imperfections or print lines and that's going to hold your card back from getting a 10, in which case you just want to sell it raw because most people right. are like, I'm not trying to buy cards with dimples or print lines off of eBay, but I do it. I do it fairly often because I can't really see that on online. You know, it's hard to tell. 
And I, I've seen this with the rated rookie products with the the football. Lots of these little BB gun bullet holes in the cards. <laughs> and I'm like, what is going on? Is it this Panini? Are, are they testing the, the strength of these cards with little baby BB guns? I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of weird. So yeah, you know, when you're buying a raw card make sure you look at all of that, look for those edges, see if there's yeah. any whites on the corners. And that's the thing, you know, when you gr- buy a slab, oftentimes that slab grade is the slab grade. But even that is starting to come into question for, you know, a lot of people because, you know, uh, obviously gym rates have changed over the years like we've been talking about. So it, it is very fascinating. And and one last thing is the centering. And PSA is notorious for allowing cards that are off center, either left to right or top to bottom, to be a 10 because they would have perfect corners, perfect edges and a perfect surface. If it's a little bit off center, they've been notorious to allow that card to 10, whereas BGS is never going to allow that card to, to be a 10. And there's actually very, very few BGS 10 black label cards. And if you do find one, those are going to be worth almost twice as much as a PSA 10. Um, and then SGC does the same thing. They have their SGC 10 pristine and they have their SGC uh, 10 gem mint like PSA does. And they are very strict on centering. They're also using a, you know, a software application to assist them to see down to, you know, a finite little millimeter how good the centering is. And I think PSA is trying to get there. That's why they acquired that company, Gemimit, and they're trying to implement some of those AI-assisted grading techniques to, to make their, their grading process even more strict, which you're right. There's going to be fewer and fewer tens because of this. And centering is what I've learned to be the number one grade when it comes to BGS upgrades. Uh, uh, You know, then we're not going to dive too deep into Beckett subgrades today because that's very advanced. I actually just learned about which subgrades are better. But for more BGS, the ones with 10 centering, because of what you said, are oftentimes the ones that are the most valuable. Um, And that's a key thing. Now, if you don't understand what centering actually means, feel free to drop a comment, let us know, and we'll go through a tutorial. I think it's very important to understand how to uh, understand centering on cards. And this is something that I have to get better at, Andy, is evaluating when I actually buy raw cards, looking at the card, looking like at all those different things. Uh, that that you shared as far as the photos are concerned. And I also think this is very important. The higher the price of the raw card you're going to buy, the more you should probably ask questions about that said card. Mm-hmm. Um, see another photo, whatever. Now, if it's like a 99 cent card, don't, don't do that. Like just don't, <laughs> but uh, don't, don't, don't ask too many questions. But you know, if, if uh, and this is why, you know, I, part of me, because I'm not good at card evaluations, Andy, I don't buy raw cards for over $100 or over $200 or 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 whatever, because those photos can be a, a little misleading. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so what are some tips as far as, you know, f- from your perspective, I think even veteran collectors would be interested in knowing as far as buying, let's say if you want to buy for $1, what, what are some things people should 
be looking for? What are some techniques people can use outside of, of course, you know, magnifying with the little eBay cursor thing? Well, well, definitely asking for photos of the card outside of a top loader or a penny sleeve, because those top loaders and penny sleeves get scratched up and they, they hold little pieces of lint and stuff so easily. And it's so hard to discern between what's a speck of lint or a scratch on the top loader or penny sleeve versus the card. And then you can gauge, like if the seller doesn't respond to you, then it's like, eh, maybe you should stay away from that, you know? Right. Um, but if they respond, they're like, oh, yeah, here you go. They send you all kinds of pictures. You can see they're taking good care of the card. They're putting it on a little microfiber cloth. It's not, it's still in the same exact condition. There's not fingerprints. There's not scratches and stuff on it. That makes me feel a lot better whenever I'm buying some of these 50, 60, even $100 plus raw cards that I've bought. So now we get into grading options. So the first takeaway from today's episode, before we get into grading, I do think right now, I really do feel this way, leading up towards the season, if you're determining whether or not you should get, let's say, a base Justin Herbert or a base Joe Burrow or just a base rookie card of anyone right now, if you're determining whether or not you should get that card graded or not, Obviously, that's always going to be up to your decision. What do you want to do? Do you want to collect it? Do you want to flip it? Do you want to invest it? If you're sitting right now, now, and I'm going to get your opinion on this because you are far more experienced as far as investing, and, and you do the star stock, you do the comp C's, you, you do all of that. I do think, once again, there is value of just selling the raw card now, okay? The hype is at an all-time high. You don't know what's going to happen this season. You don't know what's going to happen to card prices right now. Whereas if you send the card in to get graded, and once again, PSA, $200. Uh, I don't think a lot of people are super expressing right now. I do think if you were on the fence, whether or not you wanted to get a card graded or not, I would just sell the card raw right now. And with that money, you could reinvest later in the year because, Andy, in about a month or so, when the season starts, guess what? The prices are going to go back down, right? It went Very true. Yeah, last year, prices went down on a lot of guys that weren't playing at an MVP level or weren't winning games or were on teams that weren't winning games. I mean, uh, you had guys that were playing lights out. Um, but they weren't on a winning team. I mean, you could look at T. Higgins, for example, on Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, playing lights out with Joe Burrow, but because they weren't winning games, they weren't making a, a playoff run, those values were still going down. It was it was exactly. pretty in, incredible to watch. And uh, that like Deshaun Watson last year, you know, before all, all the scandal stuff last year, he was playing lights out, man, lights out every week. And, and it was incredible, but his prices were going down. And I was like, well, this is, I'm going to buy. And, and I remember buying Optic uh, PSA 9s for $50 of Deshaun Watson. Deshaun? Yeah, at the, at the end of October last year. And I remember sending that to one of my fantasy buddies, and he's like, where? where what's going on? You know, he was blown away. And sure enough, once the season ended and everybody, it consolidated down to the playoffs. But at the same time, fantasy seasons were over and people were reflecting on who was actually good that season. His values went back up 
And I sold, I doubled, over doubled my money on those Deshaun Watson PSA nines in January. And I actually made a mistake. And this will lead to our next point right here. I got greedy. You don't get too greedy in this hobby, okay? Don't get too set on a price. If you can get a profit, take it now. And I know a lot of people fear this, right? Because obviously, you know, one of the biggest examples was the Giannis logo, man, that the guy sold for like $3,000. And of course, it went for $1.8 recently, $1.8 million. The Patrick Mahomes card, one of one, sold at the National for $4.3 million. And they, the guy who sold it for $7,000 a year or two ago was expressing regret. In those instances, those were one-of-one cards, okay? You should probably hold on to one-of-ones because of that potential. But I think a lot of people hear that, and they're like, okay, I want to hold on for the long term because this Justin Herbert card uh, where there's thousands and millions of base cards are out there. More often than not, your card is not going to be as rare as you think it is, and it's not going to go up as high as you think it is. And last season, Andy, I went on your show, and this actually just clicked in my mind again. The first time I ever did a live stream with you, I said that the guy that's going to have the biggest breakout wide receiver season was Calvin Ridley. I said it on the show. I said, you should be drafting Calvin Ridley right now. And guess what? I was right. And I bought a bunch of his cards. And you know what I did? Two weeks into the season, I was I listed them, and I was getting offers on them, and I said, no, I'm holding for the long term, and I regret it. I regret it. I should have – let me just put it this way. I should have just taken the offers at the time, Uh, but I didn't, and I I, I regret that because guess what? I didn't know that the prices were going to go down a month after the season, and it's because, Andy, of what we started today's show. The hype is at an all-time high right Mm -hmm. now, and understand – a lot of that money, guess what happens a month from now? Well, we're start talking about the NBA and the hype season leading up to the NBA. So a lot of the NBA money, a lot of people are starting to get into the NBA then. And and baseball's ending and all those different things. So understand that the market a month from now is going to be completely different than what it is right now. Yeah, yeah, very true. It, and it becomes very fast-paced and and cards, you know, especially if you're buying off of eBay, you know, you have to buy the card. It takes about a week to get the card. Then, you know, you have to examine it. And so that's a couple-week process before you could potentially flip a card from eBay, minimum, right? So you're not, I mean, especially like backup running backs, like, you know, Saquon goes down, Wayne Gallman comes in, you know, last year and plays good for a week. Or when CMC went down, Mike Davis came in and balled out. Mike Davis rookie card still didn't go up, you know, in that in that time period. Now, Mike Davis this year, though, in Atlanta has gone up, gone up in the last few weeks based on speculation because the hobby loves to speculate. And once people are, are drafting, I'm the same way. I'm sitting there drafting my fantasy team. I'm looking, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I just got Gabriel Davis in the 10th round with Josh Allen, who's probably going to be unstoppable this year in Buffalo, I want to get some of his rookie cards. You know, he's young, and and you look at it, his values have gone up, and it's like, hmm, should I? But, man, they could really, you know, make the playoffs and this and that, but I've already doubled my money on the card. 
you know, go ahead. I, I would say go ahead and sell it. I'm sell already it. like ready to sell like the same thing with, um, you know, and we could get in this maybe a different conversation, but the injury risk and, and we've already seen a couple major injuries here this preseason where I know guys are still holding those players rookie cards because they were thinking that they're going to keep going up because they're poised for top 10, top five performance type seasons on really good teams. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you've got to factor all of that in because, man, I know a lot of people that have been drafting J.K. Dobbins and just to have that happen. And I know a few of you listening have gotten ETN'd as well. Um, so you got to factor in injury risk as well. Those injury prices fluctuate in, in such a major way. And, you know, uh, Andy, I don't know what to really say about that. Obviously, there's a huge difference with a quarterback being injured versus mm. a running back being injured. And I'm sure there's some people holding some Cam Akers and, and some J.K. Dobbins trying to figure out what, what they're going to do right now. Um, what, what should they do? I mean, obviously, the price point and all that comes into the equation, but, but what would be the best course of action when it comes to injuries? Yeah, I, th- I think it depends on uh, where you're holding it. So if you've got, for example, if you've got cards of J.K. Dobbins on Starstock, when you heard the news or if you're still holding it now, there may be still offers in the system because Starstock doesn't have an expiration date on their offers. There still may be good offers in the system. You could just go in and click accept. Now, if you're holding the physical card, you know, you may still want to take a 75 to 80% offer of what you were initially hoping to get at right now because maybe that news hasn't hit everybody yet. You know, there's still a lot of people that really haven't gone on YouTube and watched the the doctor's medical review of his injury, you know, and not the fact that it's just not an ACL, but it's also an LCL. And he could not be the same when he comes back. That's just a real possibility. And maybe you want to go ahead and take a 75 to 80% offer and cash out and just break even on the card. Because if you hold it, you're you're rolling the dice of him potentially not being the same when he comes back, or you know, just a downward trend altogether. By that time, you never know. Yeah, sell him now. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna be honest, and I understand I've been major sell guy uh, during this episode, and a lot of people are like, "Well, you, does this guy even own any cards? Does he even <laughs> buy any cards? Is it no? Just just sell him now. Just, just sell just sell him now." And I'm going to give you someone else. Okay. Now, what's very fascinating was my phone just buzzed. We're going to talk about Mac Jones in just a second, but I just got a 99 cent bid on a Mac Jones lot uh, of all the cards. See, Andy, we're rolling in the cash, baby. We're already making people money. We're making ourselves money, baby. 99 cents. Let's go. They're not ready for me, baby. Uh, We'll talk about Mac Jones in a second. But what I'm about to do, Andy is share uh, an opinion that would be banished. My uh, All my LSU YouTube subscribers would, would banish me right now. Uh, but I think you should also sell some Joe Burrow right now. Okay? Now, that doesn't mean I don't think Joe Burrow is going to be great. I think he is actually going to have a big bounce here. Once again, this is a hype cycle. And there are, as someone who looks at Joe Burrow cards every single day, there are a lot. <laughs> I mean, a lot. 
And it's a little bit different than Justin Herbert because Justin Herbert actually has, you know, to me, a better supporting cast than Joe Burrow right now, uh, a better coach than Joe Burrow. Um, I, I think Brandon Saley is going to be a big success there in, in Los Angeles, a better defense uh, than Joe Burrow's defense. And Joe Burrow's in a division with Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I I just think right now, you know, Joe Burrow prices are obscene. You have to admit, Andy, dude, they're they're, they're obscene for his Bengal uniform cards. Um, so that would that would be something that I would look into. Just seeing, I mean, are you blown away with? It's ridiculous how many Burrow Bengal cards and how many of those cards actually sell for well over a, a grand. And yeah. then, you know, you have to factor in if you're buying a burrow for, for that much, how much higher can it actually go? And the answer to that is, it can, can be a little shaky. So I I am on the, 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 the sell Joe Burrow train, not because I don't think he's going to be great. I'm drafting him in a lot of my best ball super contests on underdog. And I was able to stack him with Jamar and, and uh, and Tyler Boyd recently, I think I think I think we're going to see Joe Burrow have a big year. I just think sometimes the big year does not necessarily coincide with what you should actually do with the card now. Yeah, yeah, very difficult decision uh, division therein. And even though he's a great player, it's just man, it's going to be really tough for them to make a playoff run this year in that division. I mean, really tough, right? And so. That's the same thing. Uh, I mean, kind of the same way I look at Justin Herbert, but I think that Joe Burrow is even more of a sell now for, for that for that reason because, you know, Chargers are in a much better position uh, with their offensive line, with their defense, you know, with their coaching too. I, I mean, I think they're in a much better de- um, position overall in the NFL than Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. And so you could – you could have a better – I think you have a better chance at the Chargers making the playoffs and jo, uh, Justin Herbert's value maybe stay the same, maybe go up a little bit if he makes the playoffs. But you think of how high that is already. It's like when a card is that high, how much more can you expect a base prism card to go up before people just say, that's it, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not touching it, you know? And so – yeah. Man, and I, I feel dirty saying it. And look, <laughs> I, I want to be clear. This is not a pump and dump thing for me. It's not uh, because, you know, I'd be saying the opposite if that was the case. I don't own many high-end Joe Burrow cards. Actually, I don't really own any. I, I have a lot of his base rookie cards just raw because, you know, I collect them. But, you know, it's 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 you got to factor all those different things in, especially when you factor in the grading processes and all of that. Um but I want to get into obviously the five rookie quarterbacks and the Mac Jones news. Right. Uh, it, it's a little interesting because Mac did play for the highest profile college football program and he was very successful. But obviously, the New England Patriots jersey card is going to be uh, the one that you'll want if you actually believe Mac Jones is going to be the next Tom Brady. So, you know, it, it is very interesting. I know a lot of people are gung ho to, to get involved with these five rookie quarterbacks but you know as far as mac is, is concerned andy it, it is it is fascinating 
because he, he was such a big star at the, you know, the biggest stage you possibly could be a star. It is, it is fascinating because he, I, I was looking today and I was expecting his rookie card values right off the bat, the ones in his Alabama jerseys to go up more than they have. But I look and I still see Justin Fields selling for more than him in comparable. I still see Trevor Lawrence selling for more than him in comparable. And I think it's just because Mac Jones, like Tom Brady, is not very athletic with his legs. He's not making plays with his legs. He's not, you know, making Patrick Mahomes style throws and and jukes and moves like him or Lamar Jackson. And so he's just not as flashy, but his decision making is incredibly sharp. His his uh his ability to scan progression on the field and then make super accurate throws. I think he's going to do phenomenal at the NFL. I think he's looked great. But and and the New England Patriots have an incredibly huge fan base. If you look at their social media following, them and the Dallas Cowboys and the Green Bay Packers, the Pittsburgh Steelers, like they've got the most followers in the entire NFL. Right, their fan bases are absolutely huge. So there's going to be a lot of demand, especially if he plays well. And I think. If Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels, that whole you know New England front office has shown a tremendous amount of confidence to the point where they released Cam Newton, who's looked pretty good himself this preseason. You know that as soon as uh, those cards, like the mainstream retail cards, uh, the Donra specifically, comes out on September 8th in uh, Mac Jones in that New England Patriots uniform, they are going to be so hot. They are going to be so uh, expensive. <laughs> so once again... Sell now. I understand that that seems like uh, an underlying thing, but this is a time, mm-hmm. uh, especially if this is your first year. Just I went through it last year, and I took a lot. Of, I took far more bumps and bruises than I took W's. Now I did have a few W's, and I was happy for it. But it, it, once again, I know it doesn't sound fun. We want this to be a fun and collecting hobby, and obviously collect what you want to collect. But, you know, trust me, this is another thing. Retail boxes at the Walmarts and the Targets, if you're lucky to get them, those are going up. Uh, those mm-hmm. prices of, of, yeah. of cello packs are going to go up. Uh, you know, in the famous line on the wire, the price of the brick is, is going up. You know, you got to understand that. Uh, you, you, it's, it's just how things are. Uh, yeah. the, the, the price of sealed wax is going up. So, yeah. you know, under understand that, that every time you sell a card, some of the money you could go towards another card or you could save up and actually get a better graded version card or a numbered version of the card. Um, but, you know, once again, I, I'm still skeptical about Mac Jones. I, I still am. I obviously he's had a great preseason. He's dominated some of these scrimmage games. Uh, but but we'll see. The one thing about Mac Jones that's very interesting, though, is the AFC East does have a lot of question marks. And here's another guy I'd be selling. I'd be selling Tua. I don't believe in him. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't. I, I He was my favorite quarterback ever coming out of high school. And when I was doing radio at the time, I said, this guy's going to win a national championship at Alabama easily. And he did. It's true freshman season. Um I just don't believe in it. I, I just don't. I just think he, he'll never be the athlete he was after the hip injury. Um, so I would be selling my tour right now. I, I really would. I, I 
Andy, I don't, I don't believe in it. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, there, there's already rumors that Miami's the front runner for Deshaun Watson too. <sighs> but it's not only that. We saw a very short leash on Tua last year. I know he didn't have a whole lot of time to learn the playbook, still recovering from the hip injury. But I mean, very short leash on him, right? Yeah, and I don't know how much uh, the, the 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 Deshaun rumors are true. I don't believe Deshaun Watson has a chance of playing a down of football this year. Right. So uh, keep that in mind if you are interested in making a move on, on Deshaun Watson. Uh, I, I'm I'm not a believer in, in Tua for a lot of reasons. Number one, the hip injury is one thing. Number two, it, it just looked like he was physically overmatched last year. Mm-hmm. Now, if he returns back to sophomore season prime to uh he is plenty of athletic despite not having great height um but to me he was never the athlete let's say a russell wilson a guy that is compared to to a lot he, he was never that athletic so understand that after going through the injury there's going to be a guy that's not going to have a whole lot of fancy rushing plays like you were mentioning a minute ago um i i would fade to a right now that's someone that i'm definitely not going to buy now once again could be wrong about that all of us could be wrong on this is there anyone right now that you feel people are going after andy that that you're fading or you think people should sell right now well i i think it's the the obvious um the obvious moves well maybe not so obvious but I guess it is kind of obvious. Like Jameis Winston is a guy that I would I would sell right now. Like if you have Jameis Winston cards, I would sell him right now. He he's had had another good preseason. He's been announced the starting QB in New Orleans over Taysom Hill. But we all know that Sean Payton's not going to sit there and let Jameis Winston throw three pick sixes in the game without you know putting <laughs> Taysom Hill back in. So he's got a ton of hype. His rookie cards have gone up a ton in the last couple weeks. Um, ever since that Monday night game with Marquez Callaway. And uh, I would be selling both Jameis Winston and Marquez Callaway cards right now uh, compared to buying Jameis going into the season. That's a good one right there. You know, um, before before I get out of here, you know, you, you have some upcoming videos, Andy, on grading. Uh, what should people be looking out for when they subscribe to the Fantasy Football Card Quest? What what types uh, of grading? Because obviously, uh, you, you you've done some things with PGX. Uh, there's all these three letter grading companies. There's TGD, CSG. Well, they've been around for a little bit, but FCS is another one that I've seen pop up in my Facebook feed a gazillion times over. Then, you know, I'll get into my situation in just a second. But but what do you have coming up as far as grading services are concerned yeah so i'm breaking down i I do a quick synopsis of how we got here from basically the start of 2020 till now with the major grading companies because this year in 2021 we've seen so many new grading companies come into the space and yeah i am affiliated with pure graded x um, and they have worked up a really nice deal with me to to grade slab cards for 12 dollars a card which is really great um, but there's been, you know, some minor issues with that. They're a startup company and there's there's the credibility is not there um, and they've made a couple mistakes, but they fixed that. But still, you know, it's all about 
uh, what the the buyer is going to demand if I, if I'm submitting cards that I'm hoping to add value to for investment purposes. And the simple fact is that the majority of collect uh, I would not even say collectors, but the majority of investors and flippers out there are not going to buy um, a card that's slabbed by a startup grading company. Even sure. even HGA, who's been around the longest now in 2021, I think they started in the end of 2020 as uh, you know a startup grading company. They they their cards still their HGA 9.5s are still selling at a fraction of what the BGS 9.5s and the PSA 9s and 10s um, are at. So I, w- I would say SGC right now is your best bet because you can submit to them for $30 a card. They're claiming 30-day turnaround. Now, I will tell you it has gotten pushed back because they are really the best option right now. I submitted um, a nice little stack of cards to them a month ago. And they have not even said they received my order yet. Um, the tracking from USPS says they did pick it up, and but it but you can go on their website and track your order, and it and it hasn't shown that they've actually like logged it into their thing to where they're actually processing it. So they're they're getting backed up as well. Um, and but the simple fact is, I would I would hold your cards and sell them raw right now, or or just wait. Or just wait or submit them to SGC, but you don't want to pay $200, $300 per card to get it graded for with BGS or PSA. And the investment value is not going to be there with all these other startup companies. Now, if, if it's just a personal collection item and you want to throw it on your wall, like I've done with like my 2020 Prism Red Cracked Ice Tom Brady or my Derek Brooks rookie card, because I'm a huge Tampa, Tampa Bay fan, then yeah, I would use a company like Pure Graded X because they have cool color match slabs. It's twelve dollars per card, and and uh, even if it is, uh, you know what some people call a fancy card holder, it still protects my card, and it still has a True. nice, you know, aesthetic little label on it and stuff. So I think for twelve dollars, it's worth it. So I want to show you this really quickly. Ignore, uh, I was going to show it to you, but hey, texting me something pretty wild. However, I I was gonna show I was gonna show you this live on the phone. Uh, my Mac Jones lot has gone from ninety nine cents before this episode. Guess where it is right now? Just in, I promise you, this all happened during this recording. Just Ooh. guess where it is. I'm gonna guess it shot up to like thirty or forty bucks already. Well, it's at fifteen right now. Fifteen, but okay. still went from ninety, and and this still has a set like six and a half days left, right? Yeah, we we still got plenty of time, and it's going to wow. end on a Sunday night. So, uh, and once again, these are the Bama cards. Now, um, you know, as far as your grading comment is concerned, full disclosure, I personally have never submitted a card to any of the grading services. Never. Not sure if I ever will uh, because of, you know, the wait time and, you know, it goes all the way there. Uh I will tell you this. I, I studied this play and I made a play on a Kobe Bryant card. And I understand this is a basketball card and it was a PSA nine and I got it for $415. And the first day I got it, I dropped it, chipped the slab and a re-slabbing process. I sent it back to PSA to get it, uh, to get it graded. Well, I sent it to PSA, not to get it graded, but to get it re-slabbed. And this was last October and the card is still there. It is still there. 
All I wanted it to do was get re-slabbed. It is still there. And my bar, there's like a little bar that you get with the PSA. Is it's I haven't even checked it. I've just kind of forgotten about it. Um, which leads me to two points really quickly. Number one, when you're holding your higher value stuff, be very careful. Okay. I'm the clumsiest person of all time. Uh, you you do not want to see you. You did not want to see my girlfriend's reaction when I told her I dropped that card. Um, but anyway, uh, it goes to show you that you should be very careful when you hold cards. But also understand that things are going to be backed up. Those turnaround times are not going to be accurate. Trust me, uh, my play on the Kobe card was right. Uh I, I thought about just holding it forever because I was a Kobe guy, but I got it for 400 and I knew the prices were going to go up. Our buddy, Brad Nolan, that's how I became friends with Brad Nolan, a fan of your channel. Uh, I, the prices went up. <laughs> they, they, they touched uh, 800, $1,000 for a PSA nine based 1996 Kobe rookie card. So understand that you should do that. And this was another instance of me being clumsy I actually did the card score machine, which is a potential replacement uh, to the grading services. And they're opening up at LCSs uh, across the country. I was in one in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, my hometown. And I did the the card score thing where you put the card down and they scan it. And guess what? A bunch of people grade the card for you. They sent you. They send you a one touch and a sticker, and obviously you could see it right here. I did not put the sticker on smoothly. I got a shout out Noah Card Score. He's sending me a replacement sticker. But Andy, this is pretty interesting that there are other people right now, Andy, trying to get into the grading space as far as um, as far as wanting to uh, potentially re- replace grading. This whole process, I'm not going to lie, I loved it. I was in the card shop, uh, did the card scan, whatever. This whole thing was uh, $16 where they send mm-hmm. me the uh, the one touch. Now, once again, are people going to actually buy card score uh, stuff? This is a PC card. I collect Tyron Matthew. I don't know if I'll ever sell a Tyron Matthew card, but it was very interesting to get that, you know, in in a one touch like that so it is interesting that there's all these new different types of of services that are out there but i really did uh i really did enjoy this process it took about i think three weeks for me to actually get this uh delivered to me but it was it was okay it was was fine So, so there's other services out there uh for your PC, if you wanted to get a grade or a slab or whatever, mm-hmm. just understand that the values may not be what you expect it to be. Yeah, the, the investment value is not going to be there until they build credibility. I, I think that it's possible that if content creators like us take get those cards that are submitted to these other companies like CardScore or PGX or another one that I've been using recently is FGScards.com. And, and that's uh, literally um, a web app that you upload a picture, a raw picture without a card in a penny sleeve or a top loader into their system. And it'll scan it in a matter of 30 seconds or less and give you a grade on it. And so 
I've done that with all the raw cards I submitted to SGC to compare the results. And I, I think if content creators do that with, with like card score, then that's how they build credibility, you know, make a, a YouTube video and actually show the before and after and the results. And if they're accurate, then all of a sudden they build a tremendous amount of credibility in the market. And you could see, um, you know, cards in one touches with the card score sticker on them, adding value, investment value to your to your raw card. It's pretty interesting. That's really cool. And that's, you know, where integrity steps in, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I have a, another Tyron Matthew raw rookie right here, okay? This was not the one I got card scored, but, of course, I could put this one in there and it not actually be the card that was graded on the card score. So, you know, mm. you, you understand how that, that could mm. work because they're, yeah, they're trusting you to, to do that. So it's, it, obviously, you know, you can avoid that with one major tip that you gave me a while back, Andy, and a lot of other people, um, Adam Palmer for heroes for sale and a bunch of people have brought this out. There is extra value in numbered cards, right? Where, you know, if, if, if let's just say for this, I would have to put the numbered card in there, the, the serial numbered card in there. So understand that as we move forward, there could be extra value and obviously autos and patches, but just the numbered card, Andy, obviously does add some legitimacy um, to, to different cards that are out there. Absolutely. Because you know the print run. You look at that card, you know there's only 99 out there. I'm like, boom. So this is a scarce card, you know, and trying to pin down the print run these days of cards that aren't numbered is very difficult, man. Very difficult. I've tried to do it. I've gone deep down that rabbit hole and it's fun, but I mean, you just, it's very difficult. So obviously we focus mostly on modern in our next episode. We'll touch on some vintage things that you need to know for those that are Ooh. interested in, in vintage cards. Andy, I know you mostly deal with, with modern as well. I've dabbled in vintage. I have a crazy Jerry Rice story I'll share in the next episode Ooh. just to cliffhang it. But uh, we did it at the end of the last episode, Andy. It, we'll do it again now. Is there anybody out there that you feel is significantly undervalued right now in the hobby? Oh, man, that's that's a good question because we, we are um, seeing so much run up, man, that um, it's getting harder and harder to find guys that are significantly undervalued. But I'll, I'll go back to the Chicago Bears well to a guy that I still don't think is at his peak this year, and that's Darnell Mooney. Guy, um, you took mine. You took I took mine. your guy? <laughs> you, took, you took my guy. Well, he's no, still go, go not. Ahead. He, go on ahead. <laughs> he's still not at the value I think we will see him by the end of the season uh, just because he hasn't had a true breakout yet. And this is a guy that is an absolute incredible athlete, and he's just been missing a quarterback. So I think once we see Justin Fields take over in Chicago, you're going to see just incredible speculation to hype build around Darnell Mooney. Um, I also think that just with Andy Dalton performance alone, you could see a run up on his rookie cards because we've seen him juke out Jalen Ramsey. I mean, we've seen him juke out and burn the best defensive backs in the league and get wide. I mean, the, this guy can get target separation like 
very few other wide receivers in the league? I'm going to give you a few. All right. So first, I, I like you. You're you're so good at finding these position player values. I like Darno Mooney a lot. Chicago top market. I also don't think that Brad Nolan, of course, or Chicago buddy, will tell you this. Justin Fields is going to be such a big star in this league. You got to think the Bears have never really had that all-time legendary quarterback. Chicago's been dying for it. Um, and Justin Fields is dual threat. He, once again, you got to factor this in as well. He is a very handsome guy. He's a very marketable guy. Played at a major high school. Has fans all over the country. And he has a little bit of an underdog mentality. There were a lot of teams that passed on him. So he's got a little bit of a narrative behind him. Understand that if Justin Fields turns out to be the guy that you expect him to be, Darnell Mooney is likely going to be his number two option. If not, the, you could see him potentially have some better games than Allen Robinson. Uh, so it, 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 it is very interesting. I'm going to give you a few. I still am going to stand by this. The Lamar Jackson prices compared to Josh Allen prices are absolutely insane to me uh, that, you know, you can get some good deals on Lamar. And once again, that's a little bit higher end. And now it's not necessarily the time to buy, but Lamar has put up some legendary NFL seasons already. When you look at EPA per play and the MVP and all these advanced stats and the next generation loves him some Lamar Jackson's. You, you, I mean, heck, I, I live nowhere close to Baltimore. I see Lamar Jackson jerseys on kids all the time. Uh, they just love him. They just freaking love mm. this guy. Yeah, um, he's super athletic, too. 2019 MVP, yeah. He's got star power. He's got mm-hmm. this, this affability to him that is just absolutely insane. So that's a little bit of, of a higher-end thing, but I, I still do believe in, in Lamar Jackson – in the long term, someone else that that I find to be very interesting. Now, once again, his prices aren't the absolute best, but I think Justin Jefferson cements himself as a top five wide receiver. Target share is going to be absolutely incredible this year. The other options in Minnesota, I think Thielen can fall off a cliff at any second. After that, Irv Smith is hurt. Uh, there's all different types of things falling out uh, around the Minnesota Vikings. What if Dalvin Cook goes down? And even if Dalvin Cook is healthy, that's going to open up some opportunities for Justin Jefferson to still make plays. So I, I, I think Justin Jefferson becomes one of the, if not the best wide receivers. And he's a superstar. Fortnite video game. Dances. Kids love him. Walking to an LCS, kids want uh, Joe Burrow and Justin Jefferson. And those are LCSs that aren't just in Louisiana that I've been to. In Alabama, there was a kid that walked in and wanted Jefferson and Burrow cards. So I think Jefferson's still going to go up, and I I would hold on to him. And I know there's a guy on Twitter that I follow, Mbane831. He's like a Justin Jefferson refractor, super collector. I believe in Justin Jefferson in the long term. I really, really do. I think he is beyond special based on what we saw in the rookie year. And he was beyond special in college. So I think that's someone that, you know, is still, once again, his prices are a little spicy right now, but I I still believe in him becoming a a superstar uh, and remaining a superstar in the National Tackle Football League. And I'm going to give you one more, Andy. 
I'm going to give okay. you one more. I'm going to give right. you one more. I got, I got one more, too, for you. After okay. you go. Um, I think Zach Wilson's going to be a success. I also think, and you pointed him out in a video recently, Corey Davis will be with him as well. Uh, look, Corey Davis is going to get a lot of targets in that offense. Obviously, Jameson Crowder is a good option. Elijah Moore should be the next great thing. But Zach Wilson has targeted Corey Davis a lot. I understand he doesn't have a sexy name or sexy personality. Uh, you can get some of his autos right now for less than $20. Refractor autos, on-card autos. Uh, those I like those rookie contender autos from around that era. I, I love the Alvin Kamara uh, silver rookie autos right there. So, you know, I, if Zach Wilson's good, the Jets, you know, ironically don't have a whole lot of social media follows. That could just be because they've been so bad for so long. So if Zach Wilson turns out to be the guy, Corey Davis is likely to be his best receiver. I like Corey Davis as well. And, and you know, he, I mean, he does come with a lot of draft capital. I don't know if you mentioned that or not, but drafted number five overall in 2017. So, All right, Andy. Give me that, give me that okay. special name. So, give me so a- I got a team. This is two quarterbacks. I think you should go out and buy both of them right now because they're still considerably undervalued, and that is the two quarterbacks on the Washington football team, all right? And I'm talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I'm talking about the backup, Tyler Heineke. And the reason why is because Washington football team has got one of the best def- one of the best ascending defenses, and we know that defenses win championships. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, in the last three seasons, has finished as a top eight fantasy quarterback in over 50% of his games. And uh, last year, the Dolphins had a very poor offensive line play and this year he's in Washington and they've got some of the best wide receiver weapons in the league with Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, they drafted Deami Brown, they've got Antonio Gibson in the backfield and I just think that um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, if you go back to his draft year which was 2005 the same draft year as Aaron Rodgers and just compare the, the rookie card price of a Bowman Chrome or, you know, just a Bowman Chrome, not even Bowman Chrome autograph, because that's a pretty rare card, but a Bowman Chrome, Aaron Rodgers, compared to a Bowman Chrome, Ryan Fitzpatrick, there's a, a huge difference. And I'm not saying Ryan Fitzpatrick is a Hall of Famer, you know, like Aaron Rodgers is, but I think Ryan Fitzpatrick could be at least maybe a tenth of the value of an Aaron Rodgers rookie card. And right now he's probably like a 20th, you know. Uh, I just think that based on the scarcity, of his rookie cards from that year, which are pretty rare. There's very limited options. Uh, you can get one. I got a Bowman Chrome autograph card, for example, a couple months ago for $50. That card today, you can still get that card today for around $100. But the Aaron Rodgers comparable is selling for five to $10,000, depending on the condition of that card. So you got to think that card could of Ryan Fitzpatrick could at least go to two hundred. dollars you know, you know what I'm saying? And then Tyler Haneke, you can get his 2015 prism for five, ten dollars. And this is a guy that that stepped in for Washington football in the playoffs against the Bucks last year, made some plays. He's very flashy, athletic with his legs. And the dude's rookie cards blew up overnight in that game. So if Ryan Fitzpatrick does happen to get hurt or they pull him out just because he starts throwing a lot of interceptions, you could see Haneke getting a ton of hype, a ton of buzz. Um, on that team, and, and you could easily double, triple your money on his 2015 Prism rookie card. 
So this would be my bit of advice on that. If you want to buy some Tyler Heineke is, uh, his actual name is Taylor Heineke. (laughs) (laughs) First name, Taylor Heineke. Let me see. I was looking it up. H E. Sudden investment and even next. You're breaking up uh, there, Carter. It's Taylor. (laughs) Taylor Heineke. It's H E I N I C K E. Taylor Heineke. I'll tell you that. Washington, big market. Well, that's a top and top 15 market. If that team starts winning again and that fan base, and if Ryan Fitzpatrick is the guy with the beard, he's on, um, he's on, you know, the football podcast, uh, part I take, he's very popular. Uh, the quarterback from Havid, um, man, I, you, you might be onto something there, Andy. I've actually been drafting some, some, uh, some Ryan Fitzpatrick and some best ball leagues. But anyway, Andy, this was uh, another fun episode. Once again, make sure you check out his football card content on YouTube. Obviously, the video uh, for this week is on grading. It's going to be very evergreen, while at the same time, very immediate for you to go check that out now. Yes. He's Andy. My name is Carter. It's been the Quest Cast, baby. Football cards all day, every day. Let's go. All football cards all day. See you guys next time.